and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now say glory. glory. Let there be peace. Amen. Everybody say it one more time. Say glory. glory. Let there be peace. Amen. Well, one more time, just shout out Merry Christmas. Amen. So glad to see everyone in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. And so um, I want you to go in your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 1. And uh, I am just so excited what God has been doing in this place. The choir, the the kids, they did such an awesome job today. Amen. And um, so today, you know, we're celebrating the most precious gift that has ever been given in all creation. Amen. And that gift is Jesus Christ. Everybody say Jesus Christ. You know, we received redemption between God and man. Christmas is a celebration of the birth of our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what we're celebrating during Christmas. We're celebrating the birth of our Redeemer. Somebody say, I'm celebrating the birth of my Redeemer. Amen. And so our Redeemer. And so our Redeemer is Jesus Christ. But see, without the virgin birth of Christ, there is no redemption for us. So I want everybody to just shout this out this morning and say, Christ is my Redeemer. Jesus is my Lord. If you're in Luke chapter 1, go there with me quickly to Luke chapter 1. I'm going to start with verse 26. It says, Now in the sixth month, of an, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Turn to your neighbor and say, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God is for you. Amen. But he said, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Amen. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Somebody, everybody just shout that name out. Jesus. And he will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of the father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age, and this now is the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, somebody say, with God, nothing is impossible. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be unto according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. You know, I want us to understand the concept and the value of Christmas and how important it is that Christmas came, that Jesus was born on this earth and became, how many know that God, Jesus was 100% man and 100% God? 
Amen. He was 100% God and he was 100% man. It'd probably be better to say it that way. But see, if you look back, why was it so important that Jesus come? Why was it crucial that Jesus Christ, God, came in the flesh and came on this earth? If you go with me, I want us to look back at the book of beginnings in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. And look at when God made man. You know, Jesus, he said in the beginning, God was, uh, the Godhead was with him. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit was with him in the beginning. But Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion. Somebody say dominion. If you circle that word in your Bible, circle it and highlight it, write it down on your notes today and say authority, dominion or authority over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Amen. And so sometimes I like to say it like this, you know, praise God. God has given us authority over creeps. Amen. Amen. All, whenever a little, you know, when a spider crawls out or a bug crawls out, my wife calls me because I got dominion over, over little bugs, ever creeps. Amen. Every creeping thing. Amen. But at Genesis chapter 2, it's interesting that Jesus or God gives us a command. He gives Adam and Eve a command, mankind. And he says, and the Lord commanded man saying of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, that death that is talking about, when he talks about dying, he's not talking about physical death because we know, we read on that Adam went on to live for 900 more years. But what happened is, is the moment that he sinned, there was a spiritual death that happened. In other words, God said that at that point, whenever you disobey, when you do what I've asked you not to do, all of a sudden now that's going to separate me from you. I won't be able to fellowship with you like I've been fellowshipping. I won't be able to come and be in the and walk in the garden with you the way that I had been walking with you in the garden. I won't be able to fellowship because God is holy. God is true and God is omnipotent. And when God cannot be around unholiness, God cannot be in unholiness. So God could not fellowship with that because now Adam had sinned. And so then when Adam had sinned, he basically gave an authority. He gave part of our dominion over to Satan, over to the enemy, that he now was basically gave the lordship of the earth that was supposed to be given to man. He gave that over to the enemy, to Satan. And so I think it's interesting right here. This is a choice, and it's amazing to me how God, from the beginnings of the foundation of the earth, God gave us a choice of how we can live and how our relationship can be with Him. You see it through all throughout the Bible. Jesus goes on eventually to say, choose life. Choose me that in Jesus, you know, John 10, 10 says this, that the thief comes not but for to kill, to steal and to destroy. But Jesus came us to give us life and life more abundantly. Somebody say amen. You know, you look at this in Deuteronomy, he goes on to say this. He says, I call on heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Turn to your neighbor and say, choose life. Punch your other neighbor and tell them to choose life. That both thou and thy seed may live. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Now, I want us to understand something important 
that it's important to understand that when, when Adam was in the garden and he sinned, all of a sudden now his seed became corrupted. It was no longer holy, and God cannot be in what's unholy. And so every man that was created, you know, in, in, naturally speaking, inside of a man is seed, and inside of a woman is an egg. And so in order for that, that egg to, to, to germinate, there has to be a seed, and, and that seed has to come and, and fertilize the egg in order for that to, to, to grow. But see, God had a plan from the foundations of the earth for Jesus to come and to be our Redeemer. How many know that God has provision, that even before the beginnings of time, God had provision. God had provided a way for us to live, for us to be redeemed, amen? And so when man fell, God had a plan. He had a plan for redemption. God assumed all the liabilities of man's transgressions and redeemed us from Satan's dominion by Jesus. God had a plan to give life back to man, and God's plan allowed man's nature to be changed back into harmony with nature. That's why it's important that Christmas came. That's why it's important that Jesus came. See, God cannot ignore man's transgressions. Justice was demanded that the penalty for man's crimes be paid, but man himself was unable to pay it. We ourselves were unable to pay the debt that we owed, so therefore man couldn't save himself. God had to provide a redeemer. God had to provide a sacrifice. God had to provide something that was greater than anything that we could do, and no sooner had man fallen under dominion of Satan that God began to speak forth his plan concerning Jesus, the coming one. He said this, go to Genesis chapter 3 and, and verse 15. He says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. In other words, that was Jesus. He was talking about how Jesus is going to come and how we know in the garden how Satan ended up deceiving Eve. And when she deceived Eve, all of a sudden she was the one that caused Adam to sin. But it's amazing how God comes into the picture and he says, the one that you deceived, the one that you caused to, to cause Adam to sin, the one that you used to deceive and that you beguiled. The Bible says that he beguiled her. And all of a sudden he says, now she is going to come back. She's going to come back and she's got, I've got a plan for her. I've got something in store for her and she's going to cause you to be destroyed. She's going to bring forth a child. She's going to bring forth a son and that son is Jesus. And that one day that, that he's going to take away all the transgressions and all the things he's going to put enmity between thee and the woman. It's interesting in oriental languages the bruising of the head means the breaking of the lordship of the ruler and when god spoke those words to satan in genesis 3:15 satan had just come into dominion but see god spoke forth that you know what that there's coming a day there's coming a redeemer that's going to redeem mankind and so when we read how Mary became pregnant with a son, Jesus, see, that seed had to come from God. That, that seed had to come from the Holy Spirit because that seed could not be impure. It couldn't be unholy. It had to be holy. It had to be something that came from God. And even to the fact, if you think about it, I, th I shared this on Wednesday. I thought it was interesting, but that the womb inside of a woman, that the womb, that the, 
the baby and the and the blood of a woman and the baby's blood, they never mix. They never share. And see, that was important because Jesus's blood, it had to be pure. It couldn't have any impurity in it. I mean, you think about when Jesus rose from the grave and all of a sudden Mary shows up and she goes and she finally realizes that that's Jesus and she goes to touch him. And what did Jesus say? Wait, don't touch me yet. I have not yet gone to my father up in heaven. Jesus was the sacrifice. His blood was shed for us, but he hadn't gone yet up into the holies of holies and put it before God. And so therefore, you know, in the Old Testament, the priests couldn't touch anyone after they had made a sacrifice as they were on their way into the holy of holies. So we know that Jesus gave us an eternal sacrifice. Jesus provided that for us. But if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you haven't received him and pled the blood of your life and asked Jesus to come into your heart and to save you, then you are not redeemed. You have not been set free yet. And see, it's interesting. Look at this. In Isaiah chapter 9, he says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Everybody say Wonderful. Counselor. The Mighty God. The everlasting father, the prince of peace, and of the increase of his government and peace shall there be no end. Upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I want you to think about this. Unto us, salvation is ours. Unto us, peace is ours. Unto us, joy is ours. Unto us, prosperity is ours. Unto us, healing is ours. Unto us, patience is ours. Unto us, faith is ours. And unto us, love is ours. If we'll receive it, if we'll stretch out in faith and receive it today and take a hold of it, Adam was created and the rest of human race was generated by natural process. And if Jesus had been born by the natural generation, he would have been of a fallen spirit. But Romans 5, 12 says, therefore, as by one man, Adam, sin did enter the world and by death uh, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men for all that have sinned. Man is subject to death and to the devil but man's seed could only produce another fallen man but Jesus the redeemer was not to be a subject of death he was not of a fallen spirit but he was one of life that's why he can say my words they are life and they are peace they are something that's going to come in and generate something on the inside of you that you won't be the same anymore that something's going to happen on the inside of you somebody say amen and see God's love No matter what you're going through today, no matter what may have happened, God's love, God is love, no matter what you have done. God's love. This is the love in 1 Corinthians 13 that God's talking about. This is the love that God has towards you. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not perfed up. Love does not behave brutally. Love does not seek its own. It is not provoked. God thinks, love thinks no evil. God has something. God's love thinks no evil of you. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Love bears all things. This is how much God loves you. Jesus, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. God's love never fails. Amen. Just say that with me this morning. Say, God's love never fails. And God's love 
is available for you today to receive him as your Lord and Savior. See, if you've already received him, then today it's a celebration of who Jesus is and what Jesus done in your life. Christ's birth, death, and resurrection were meant to be shared and to be celebrated not only on earth but up in heaven. In heaven, they celebrate who Jesus is. Luke chapter 2 says this in verse 11. He says, For unto you this, de- this born, this day, is in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel and a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. God has never willed otherwise. He seeks to convince men that he desires only their good. Uh, Psalms tells us this in chapter 84. He says, For the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. This morning I ask you today, have you been walking uprightly before God? Have you been walking uprightly? Because see, God is holy and he cannot have communion or fellowship with unholiness. He cannot have, uh, and so God wants you to be holy. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 3 says this, This is good and pleases God our Savior. Who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth? For there is one God, one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. I'm reading in the New Living this morning. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This message God gave to the world at just the right time. God has been longing for relationship with you. Ever since Adam and Eve sinned, God was longing for fellowship and relationship. It wasn't that God didn't want to be close to us, but that God wanted us to come closer to him. God wanted to get us to a place that God is for us. And see, God had to send Jesus in order to break the divide, in order that we could have communion and fellowship, so that we could have a a fellowship with God in a one-on-one basis. Amen? And so God has been longing since that day to restore that relationship. Jesus was the one that came and the one who will restore our souls. Without Jesus, there is no true peace. Without Jesus, there is no true joy, but with Christ, there is life and life more abundantly. Somebody say life more abundantly. You know, I want you to think about this in Revelation. I'm going to close with this today. Revelation chapter 3, verse 16 says this. So then, because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Lukewarm is not the status of going from cold to hot, but rather from going from hot to cold. I share with you a couple of things this morning. One is that God cannot fellowship with unholiness. God cannot have communion. If, there, if you have not been walking uprightly before God, today is the day to make it right before Him. Today is the day to make the declaration before Him.